feel aimless. We can't see the places where you belong, but you will find that there is a purpose. It's been there within you all along. Gone fishing. I start out each episode with this introduction. So if you come in the middle of this, you'll understand why. I have stage 4 prostate cancer, and it's metastasized to my bones, which is terminal. I want to tell you my story of a wonderful life I've had. I've had a minor stroke, so at times you'll hear me talking slowly. Forgive me, please. I also want to thank all the nurses and doctors at my hospital. I never could have done it without you guys. So many sweet people gathered in one place. Thank you again. So on with the show. We packed all our stuff. We packed it up in a hurry and loaded it into the back of this man's pale blue station wagon, and we headed out, not knowing where we were going next, just knowing we were with our mother. We drove probably a mile, but my mother and this man had rented a furnished apartment. Yay! Uh, The outside walls were done in a red Chicago shingle-style siding. Google it, you'll see. That was the thing back in the 50s and 40s. We had 10 concrete steps to go up to the front door with a black ornate railing on each side. When you walked into the front door, there was a four-foot by four-foot foyer to hang your coats and put your shoes down. If you turned right, you were in the front room. If you turn your head right, stay right there in the foyer. Immediately to your right, were a bank of front windows where a mint green couch below the windows stood with a coffee table in front of it. Now, if you look straight back, now, let me say this. They bought this oversized stuffed front room set and stuck it in and used every piece. So there wasn't, I mean, you're looking at 8 feet by 10 feet foot front room. Get it? It was tiny. Anyways, the next wall, the far wall, it had... So you're looking straight to the back wall of the front room. 
there was a stereo council. Now, these were gigantic back then. I mean, what you play on your phone, this was probably four feet by two feet deep by 36 inches high. You needed that, okay, to play records or play, you know, the, uh, what do you call it, radio. And then above that, on the wall, hanging, was a shadow box. Now, that you have to Google. It was all the rage in the 40s and 50s. And we probably had the last one. (laughs) Anyways, Google it. You'll freak out. This is a girl thing. The next wall, so you're turning your head left, and it would be like you're facing the bank of windows. We had a round table, end table, and with a lamp on it, and next to that was a mint green love seat. Oh boy, green. You know that's trouble coming, folks, if you've been listening. We don't get along good with green. <laughs> Anyways, then there was the entrance to the hallway that led to the rest of the apartment. Now, the most important wall in this apartment. If you put your hand around, you could touch Russ and my mother's bedroom door. And next to that was a matching mint green stuffed chair to complete the front room. And then, obviously, where you were standing back in the foyer entrance. I won't bore you with the rest of the house. That's not important because all the beatings took place in that front bedroom. I just wanted to describe what we saw. Okay. The apartment was a simple one, but it was ours. It was our new home where we were able to look out any window we wanted to. There was a fence lot next door connected to our apartment we could play in. It was gigantic. It was a gigantic uh, yard. And it was a whole other world for us. It was a paradise, so we thought. What we didn't know is that we also had a new baby sister whose name was Penny. You'll hear a lot about her as we go on. I think she might have been one, one and a half years old, somewhere in there, a baby. We never knew we had a baby sister as I... As a grown man, knowing what I know now about life and how it takes you over and 
kind of abuses you no matter what you do. It must have been a hard pill for my mother to swallow. She must have gotten pregnant so she could keep this man, Russ, for almost a year, year and a half. He had no idea about us. She was siphoning money and feeding it to the Bonsons to take care of us. Think about it. Three dirty little secrets. And believe me, we were dirty. No showers, no baths. Nobody cared about us. For almost a year, a year and a half. Or if he did know about us, that would be even worse. He didn't want anything to do with us. Think about that one. But because of his baby, my mother probably had to make whatever hard decisions she had to make. It was going to take get a lot harder for us, too. You had to understand now, we were in the basement living like a pack of dogs, seriously. If you leave dogs in the basement for too long, the first minute they get out, they're either going to bite someone or they're going to run. And, well... That was us living in that basement. We were literally thrown scraps to eat. I mean, literally left on the top of the step, and I would go up and get it. By now, I spoke English perfectly. That's all I ever heard, so I started speaking it. The fact remained, though, we were wild, and the only thing we had was each other. It was funny how Gigi and I could finish each other's sentences. That's how long we were together down there. I mean, it was astonishing. Up until about the fourth grade when we started going our own way, I'm sure Russ had a conversation with my mother stating that how he could tame us and make us good kids, and she probably agreed. Normal fathers would have used patience and maybe even a little kindness to work on us and get us to be upstanding citizens later in life or whatever. What she didn't know was the severity of his taming. Let's call it training. I can honestly say, looking back, he never broke me, or Gigi, or Todd. We broke him. No kidding, you'll find out. I became Robert. Now, if you've been following along, in these episodes, I learned how to tell time at school 
And that's where the beatings started. Russ brought with him Penny, my mother, and two white poodles. The male poodle was named Buddy, and the female was named Pee-wee. They were very young dogs, probably a year old, and those were his pride and joy. They must have bought them when Penny was born or around that time to complete their family. We would take them out in the yard while, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sick. While Russ was at work and we would play with them. Russ came home early one day and caught us playing with his precious dogs. And that's where it all began. Of course, my mother was always with him. He lined us up in the front room according to age, right next to that green, mint green stuffed chair right next to his bedroom door. And we were waiting, oldest to youngest, in front of his bedroom door beginning with me and ending with Todd. My mother sat on that chair next to the bedroom with a laundry basket folding clothes. She didn't know what was happening either. None of us did. One by one, we walked in that room. Well, I walked in first, not realizing what was going to happen for the next six years. I walked into their bedroom. They had wood floors in there. Within three steps, you stood at the back of their bed or the foot of their bed and he had wood ornate there for a back foot. He told me, shut the door, and I did as he asked. I didn't know what was coming. I mean, I think I was lucky that I didn't know. None of us had been beat before. We didn't know what that was. We had lived in the basement, and as long as we didn't bother the Bonsons, they wouldn't yell at us. We had a bathroom down there and a shower, but we never showered. But, you know, if we needed toilet pepper, they'd give it to us. Throw it down. This is going to be all new to us. We had seen trauma, as you know, well, I have. Gigi slept through it. And Todd was a baby. I had seen, I guess, trauma before. We now were going to learn a new trauma. Can anyone say continued PTSD? 
He slowly took off his belt. He had a big belly. Um, I, I will. I'll describe him for you. He was kind of bald. He had an island of hair on top of his head and hair on the sides, but bald on top. Blue, blue eyes. That was probably my mother's attraction. And then he always wore a white shirt like he was a cook. He was, you know. And he would have gray pants on and just regular shoes, no gym shoes back then. And... He was a six three, something like that, six two, and he weighed about two hundred and forty pounds, but and glasses. He was supposed to wear glasses, but he took them off for the beatings. Nice guy. I think he did it because of us. He was being nice, right? <laughs> Anyways, so um and he had a belly. It was not like he was strong or anything. He was just big. Well, he slowly took off his belt around his belly. And he began to beat me. Looking back, I could tell he was very skillful. This was not the first time he had done this. Believe me. Whack, whack, whack with the belt. This was not a spanking, but a beating. And not on my butt. The belt left welt on every part of my body except my face and my screams from my mother went unanswered. Help, Mom, help! Though through the house, it must have killed her. Think about it. To hear those cries for help, she just got us back. And what she had to do to get us back, what? she was going to do this man gave her a house what is she going to do and he took in her wild kids what could she do and look I look back on it now that poor woman went from the frying pan right into the fire <laughs> this time with her kids along she took us with her into the fire no matter what she endured no matter what we endured at least we were all able to stay together no matter what suffering we went through at least she kept us together Think about that, folks. I mean, 
this must be killing Gigi and Todd because they knew they were next. When I was done, I was just praying that he had no fire left in him to beat Gigi and Todd that way he beat me. When I was done, Gigi, then Todd, when he thought each of us had enough, he would say, send in the next one. And when he was done with that, with Gigi, he'd say, send in Todd. And the screaming would begin again. I looked at Todd when I came out. That poor little thing. She was so terrified. She had already peed her pants. One time I told her we were talking about it. And I started crying. And I said, I'm so sorry. There was nothing I could do to help you. She was so little when she went in. The screaming once again ensued, and there was nothing I could do to help her. What we didn't realize was once this was going to be the, the, our next six years of our life, <laughs> 